I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Premier League preview. We can't call it the Premier League preview because we'd get done. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Adam Cleary and Andy Murray from What Culture to preview all this weekend's action. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. And before we dive straight <laughs> in to this weekend's action, we have to deal with the breaking news right now. The Newcastle takeover is definitely happening. Adam Cleary. I'll just stop you there. And I've said this a million times already. I think I've said this for every single one of the preceding seven takeovers. If Newcastle are getting taken over, you will know about it when it is announced that Newcastle United have been taken over. So I take any of this stuff that comes out now with not even just a pinch of salt. They literally fill St. James's Park up with salt add another 30,000 seats onto the opposite side, then keep filling it up, and that is the amount of salt I want added to this story. I remember being with you towards the end of last season, I think it might have been in the summer break actually, when that other takeover was definitely happening, um, and nothing materialised you, you will recall, we were getting on a flight back from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and as we were about to get on the plane, it was, oh, there's some talk that Newcastle on the verge of a takeover. This is, I think it was The Sun had the story, they're on the verge of a takeover, and I was like, Jesus... By the time we land in London, the, it'll, it, it, could, it could happen. He was it saying if done. it happened, we're going out. Yeah, so. see, I know we're jet lagged and we haven't slept for two days, but if we land and Ashley's gone, we're going straight out. Yes. We landed and it hadn't happened yet. And you were like, oh, when do you reckon? And I turned to you and I went, oh, it's not happening. Like, it probably isn't happening now. If, it, if it's on the verge of a takeover and it hasn't happened yet, it's just not happening. And lo and behold, it all went quiet and it disappeared. And, what a shock, Mike Ashley's still in charge. And there was too much confusion in the summer to sort out a proper contract from Rafa or invest in the side. And oh, here we are, bare bones again. So I will say, take all of this with the biggest pinch of salt available to you. However, being reported this morning that Peter Kenyon has come back. Yes, him again. He's come back. He apparently secured the necessary funds to take over the club after drumming up investment with this weird brochure that's now also been leaked. One thing I would like to add is if you read the brochure, it's clearly from a good few months ago. And obviously before it's come out, they've had to tweak a few things so it still makes sense. And they've clearly like control f Rafa Benitez and replaced it with Steve Bruce. Because there's, <laughs> there's lines in it like, the man has unparalleled success across Europe. It's like, <laughs> in all Hull. these lines which wow. do not apply to Steve Bruce whatsoever. Um, who I don't Spanish think legend, Steve Bruce. <laughs> oh, he's ty- following his time at Real Madrid, Bruce has come into Newcastle and all this. Champions League winner. Uh, but the basic the headlines for this are they've offered Mike Ashley 125 million upfront in cash. He can take that and he goes. That would put the that would put the the new group in immediate charge. And there is something like 300 million 
as a package, which comes to him in drips and drabs from there. I think it's a Florida-based consortium mm-hmm. that they've come together for it. Um, apparently, they've already done proof of funds, and they will inject an immediate $50 million into the club for operating costs so they can afford to basically take it over and run it day to day. Now, a few caveats to this. Uh, it's, they're not buying him out outright. It would be done over a number of years, and apparently, Ashley would retain all the licensing and advertising rights to the club until he'd been fully bought out, so it would still be Sports Direct absolutely everywhere all over the ground while that goes on. Um, Is that not the best of both worlds for him? Well, yes, because apparently one of the sticking points in previous uh, takeovers, rather than the fact they simply never existed and were simply there to shut people up during transfer windows, was (laughs) that he wanted to retain uh, management of the club shop and he wanted all the advertising rights, etc., etc., which is astounding given that the man has failed entirely over 10 years to build the commercial side of the company. There was a big graph in this brochure that shows Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, and one or two others, how they have grown over the last 15 years as the Premier League has expanded as a commercial operation. Mm-hmm. The size and the wealth of the club and the value of the clubs have all gone up something like anywhere between 200 and 500%. In Chelsea's case, obviously, that's when they got taken over. It's gone up six or 700%. And then at the bottom of this graph is Newcastle, and it's gone down about 8%. Oh they literally haven't grown as a commercial operation. So why Mike Ashley wants to retain the rights to the commercial side of the club, which he has spectacularly failed to grow in the biggest boom period of English football ever, is, is beyond me, but still, apparently, that's something he wants. Um, it's just oh, apparently said he's going to give a definitive answer in 10 days. It's weirdly vague. It's just like, oh, I'll let you know in a week and a half. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it's just, <laughs> as I say, literally until new owners are stood outside the ground holding a scarf and the headline is new owners, Newcastle United aren't being taken over as far as I'm concerned. Andy, the moment we started talking about this in the office this morning, you said something very profound regarding how <laughs> many <asked>. times <laughs> how many times this has happened and just the fact that, yeah. I mean, you're, you're the, kind of the personification of most Newcastle fans. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much every six months. Um Someone like this emerges. I'm still waiting for Barry Moat to make a triumphant return <laughs> to the to the column inches. But no, like uh, I've followed Newcastle all my life. My dad is a Newcastle supporter. When I lived in Aberdeen, we'd come down, we'd travel all these miles for one game and go home on the same day. Ridiculous, stupid, objectively dumb. But that's what we did. The past couple of years, completely lost all interest yeah. in the club. It's now more of an unfl- it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. You can't quite let it go entirely because you've been abused so badly by this thing. Um, but it's just more of a casual annoyance than anything else. The Mike Ashley era grinds your your faith, your hope, every positive attribute that you attribute that you put towards the club, grinds it down to the point where complete elimination. We've had so many slivers of these things over the past two or three years that it's impossible. One thing I will say is the only real cause for hope in any of this, if I'm desperately trying to find any of it, is you can set your watch, you can set your calendar by the Newcastle takeover talk. It's always a few weeks before the transfer window opens. So there's always one every... There was one last Christmas, Mm -hmm. one this Christmas. Uh, There's one every summer. Oh, it's it's happening this time. Oh, it's always around the transfer window. So there's not... It's always so cynically orchestrated, so there's not big... You know, imagine if there was it's no... Like look over there, Imagine so if there was this. no takeover talk this summer while Rafa's contract was winding down and we were selling... We were letting Rondon leave and we were selling Perez and we were stripping the squad bare and bringing in virtually nobody of any real reputation to replace them. Like, Rondon was a guaranteed source of goals in the Premier League. Perez had emerged as one of the most exciting young players we've had in years. We had one of the most elite-level managers, like, in the game. And he left and got replaced with Steve Bruce. Joe Ellington came in, who's completely unproven in this league, for admittedly a large sum of money. And, you know, the squad... Imagine if all that was Andy going Carroll on. Andy Carroll came back. Andy Carroll came back. But again, Andy Carroll's another one. Was like, look, 
It's Andy Carroll. He's one of you. Yeah, you like him. It's yeah. Steve Bruce. You can't, you can't complain about it. You're not just down at the club. We've got a lad from Walls End in there. And a man who falls off Newcastle Casino bar, bar tables in the front. It's just, it's so bad. It's so bad. And I will say, the fact this is happening in, where are we now? End of September. September. Yeah. That's unusual. At least, you know, there's nothing to distract from other than the fact that the clubs on field fortunes are quite bad. But, you know. You probably don't ugh. know the answer to this, but I'm going to put it to you regardless. What will it take to get rid of Ashley? Uh, an upfront bid of £300 million and probably five years advertising rights. Yeah. But is the right. club worth something like that right no. now? No, of course it's not. Because he's stripped, that, that, like you say, he's, why, he's taken all why, the cash out of the club. That's that he why found. he can't sell it, because he's got an unreasonable valuation on yeah. it. That's precise. The only, re- the only time, any, the only way any takeover thing will be successful is if they look and they genuinely believe that the best case scenario for the next five, ten years of the club can be achieved. Because... It says here, like the, the consortium, it's, in, it's, a, it's an opportunity to invest in a side which could be established as one of the top 10 clubs in the Premier League. Rafa got us into 10th. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, where realistically do you think you can go beyond that? Like, they got into 10th mm-hmm. and nothing really changed. I, don't, I always remember the speculation of, you know, you're doing pretty well. There was rumours of a takeover. And then it was, I think it was, you're right, it's heading towards sort of the January transfer window. And you explaining to me how he'll want this ridiculous figure. Plus, if they sign anyone in January, that's going to be added on to top of that. it. Yeah, they have Madness. to pay for that. And then if they, yeah. go down, if they go down, he wants even more money or something. Or like, it's just... The, ma- the man fundamentally has no interest in selling Newcastle United. He is not an active seller of the club. Because simply, if he was, he would have sold it. He's yeah. been on about it's selling it for 10 years. Mm. He would have simply just got rid of it. Like The man buys and sells businesses every couple of months on the B- British High Street. He's, he never holds on to anything for too long. Like, look at it. Like, he bought Game or something, didn't he? Or he's bought yeah. Debenhams and self... Like, he's just... The man buys and sells for fun. He's like, oh, I'm trying to sell Newcastle United. If you want to sell it, you would have sold it. The only yeah, way you will sell it is if an offer comes in where it's like, well, I've got to sell it for, for that price. It's just... You cockney bastards, get out of their club. Hey, There you go. Hey, uh, hey. Let's use this to look ahead to this weekend's action. Uh, Newcastle, the Sunday game, away at Leicester. Of course, we had the... Uh, um, Pleasure of getting to watch Newcastle versus Leicester in the Carabao Cup earlier on this season. Uh, how do you reckon it's going to go this weekend? Oh, horrifically. I'm glad there's another major talking point for Newcastle United that won't be that 3 0 defeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's your timing thing, right? Genuinely, there, isn't it? genuinely right. If you have any kind of accounts on your phone for betting <clears> companies, and now I don't be wrong, I think betting in sport is horrendous, and I would never encourage anyone to do it. But honestly, if you are not putting three figures or above on Iosi Perez to score in that game, <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve your own money. Scoring a Newcastle defeat might as well up those odds a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm inclined to bring in Vardy for fantasy football this weekend. Yeah, bringing a couple of defenders as well because as talented as they are, these front free players just look wonky as hell to me every time. School I prediction. Free 2-0. I will say just for a bit of balance, not to be totally doom and gloom, Newcastle tend to do quite well when they go to the King Power Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think they've won there the last two seasons and put in really good performances there the last two seasons. I can't think what might have changed from those two years <laughs> to this, <laughs> by the by. Um, I think if Alan Saint-Maximin comes back in, he looked really lively when he came on against Brighton. They, had, they were fun. so two-dimensional. Yeah. They had no idea how to get past. And he just started running past players, mm. which, lo and behold, opens up space and creates <laughs> chances for you. Um, there is talk that he wants to bring uh, Almiron out with the side for a perceived lack of performances. That would be the most idiotic decision. I, see. I think he was the only way to relieve pressure on that side to get the ball and run it up the other end of the pitch. You simply play both of them 
That's that's the solution. I I don't think Almiron's got it in him to single-handedly turn the tide of games of football, but when you've got someone like John Joe Shelby in the side who is objectively letting players run past him, taking up yeah. bad positions, forcing Hayden and everyone else in the midfield to run around and do part of his job for him, you can't really look at your creative plays and go, well, you're not doing enough going the other way. Like, Almiron was picking up the ball on the edge of his own box pretty much every sort of couple of minutes against Brighton. What, what do you want a creative player to do from that position? Yeah, precisely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, the late kickoff on Saturday sees Man City travel to Everton. Andy Murray, which Man City are we going to get this week? The one that lost to Norwich or the one who almost broke the record for scoring in the Premier League? You're going to get somewhere in between, which going by recent goal averages is probably something like a 4-0 victory. <laughs> um, I mean, the Watford thing, Watford are pathetic. They're mm. Absolutely atrocious footballing side. Even like, you know, I think City's first four chances just flew straight in. So expected goals all this nerd nonsense comes into play but <laughs> it, I've just Craig Burley to myself there haven't I um, he's got a laptop uh, do, do, do. Uh, what, what are Everton on like a two match losing streak or something at the moment they're not great they don't to be honest look particularly convincing oh no they've drawn or something I don't know um I, I haven't been particularly thrilled with Everton this season. I think I sat on one of these fantasy footballing podcasts at the beginning of the season and said, put Everton defenders in. All their fixtures are really easy. We all did. And Guilt. while, uh, Guilty. While your man, uh, Dina, has scored a couple of, scored and got an assist or whatever and bumped his ratings up, they've just not done anything. So I have no faith in Everton to do anything, uh, and I think City will railroad Is them. this a game where Everton raised their game to play against Man City, or, or will that still know. not be enough? I don't know. Like We looked at that sort of... We thought it was going to be a really fascinating season in terms of who was going to potentially finish in the top six. And I think it still is if you look who's in there now. Yeah. But Everton were one of the sides where you look, right, a couple of seasons of getting your ducks in a row. They'd really looked steady at the back. I think I know I bring up the stat all the time. In 2019, up until a few weeks ago, they had the best defence after City and Liverpool and like miles ahead of these other sides. But it's just not clicking. And they've really they've spent a lot of money assembling this side for Silver to be the way he wants his side to play. And it's just doesn't look like it's quite going to yeah. work for them. Like, I, I never really like to advocate managers going, but it does look like it needs new impetus, some fresh blood. 
it's one of those Everton are only going to be one big result away from being in that conversation again of oh they've got it together this could be a big run and they're not you know they're on set they win that can go back into sixth you know what I mean this week they're not so far off the pace that it's a massive problem but if you look at the sides they have dropped points you're getting beat off Sheffield United at home when you've got Man City coming up next a disastrous yeah. result if you've got aspirations of being in the top six but I just think <clears throat> it's not a bad side that Everton team they can't play the same with like Wolves and Watford in the in the bottom two they can't be this bad for long no, surely not forever but uh, not forever turn more like uh, you saying 4-0 clearly what you're saying 5-0 <laughs> <laughs> I'll go 3-0 I'll no, be no, generous I, I think it'll be close it'll be I'll, I'll say 3-1 okay um, Liverpool are the early game on Saturday away at Sheffield United potential mm-hmm. banana skin to use yeah. a footballing cliche but are Liverpool now title favourites yes purely because they've already got a lead on Manchester City and they'll be yeah. what eight points clear they if could they go eight, they could yeah. go eight points clear uh, 15 uh, game winning streak or something across all competitions that's kind of nuts but that's the thing for as much as I look at a lot of sides in this thing I can't, they can't play that badly for that long I think Liverpool again we said at the end of last season the depth of that squad is not what it is. Yes. I mean, Man City took Sterling out, arguably the most important player, and won 8-0. I think if you take <laughs> a Mane or a Salah out with that Liverpool side, they haven't got that luxury of recycling their players. They haven't got that luxury of bringing players in. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they could recycle... Why well, keep saying recycle? I'm sure they could like it's good. It's, refresh you know, a couple of their climate players. Climate change. Turn James Milner into a pair of shoes. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they could freshen it up a bit and still get a result in most games, but they wouldn't look quite as dominant. Um... I think that will come into play as the season goes on. Like I think Liverpool getting a good lead on City now is their best chance of winning this lead. They might pull up so far ahead that they can't quite be caught. And that's probably what they're aiming to do. But sooner or later, that slip-up's going to come and that, that lack of performance is going to come. And I just think Man City, just they're going to be able to keep going for a little bit longer. I yeah. Don't get me wrong, I would love this to go right yeah. the way down to the wire. I would love it too, but this is the kind of game where Liverpool need to win. Tricky, tricky away time. I sense uh, Sheffield United are going to be pretty stubborn uh, tomorrow, but I'm still going to go 2-0 Liverpool for this. Yeah, I think Liverpool will probably overcome the, the storm that is Bramall Lane and all mm-hmm. the noise they make there and stuff. But Sheffield United, like, I'm about to sit here and be an idiot and predict that a team that could be spearheaded by Ollie McBurney is going to cause, <laughs> uh, cause Liverpool problems. But that Liverpool defence isn't quite what it was mm. last season. Um, obviously, a lot of that can be attributed to the changing goalkeepers with Alisson being injured and how that affects the whole balance of the whole goddamn thing. Um, I reckon they might put a little spanner in the works, you know. I actually agree with you because I watched that uh, opening game against Norwich and I think the scoreline massively flattered Liverpool. Norwich were really at them for Mm -hmm. long parts of that game and it's because we've said it a few times, the same reason Norwich got a result against City is because they're one of these sides that have come up and not gone, right, let's just buy three or four £20 million players and chuck them in. I have no idea what our identity (laughs) is anymore. They've kept playing the way that got them loads of good results and for early parts of the season, that does catch a lot of sides out. It's why Sheffield United are doing as well as they are, despite having an objectively weaker side. Mm-hmm. And Norwich really did cause Liverpool problems by simply having a defined identity, by having a system that they weren't used to playing against. And I think if anybody's got a chance against Liverpool, it's going to be a side who, as we've seen so far this season, play a different way, who are difficult to contain. Mm-hmm. There isn't a game plan already in place for combating. So I think Liverpool will win. Don't get me wrong, but I do think there's a bloody nose in it for them at the very least. Score prediction? One all. Why not? 
Let's yeah, miss... I, don't, I don't mind that, actually. Yeah. One all. Go on. Get some Go more on, Sheffield United. Uh, Monday night football this week is Man United against Arsenal, a fantastic rivalry. How do you see this one going? Because... I mean, this, this could be anything from nil-nil to five-all, couldn't it? <laughs> like, it's just nuts. To a draw. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's going to be a draw. I, I think we could be in for quite a high-scoring draw here because... Like I like a lot of players in that Arsenal backline, I really do, and I like a lot of their def- more defensive midfield players, like Gwen Dozy. Uh, I like Socrates a lot, but the, the these players, David Luiz as well, they all have a defining characteristic between them, and that is that they are all bloody mental, and that each <laughs> has the potential to play ten out of ten for eighty nine minutes, and then Titus Bramble themselves uh, <laughs> for for one of those minutes. So same goes for the Man United defense. On the first day, it looked wonderfully organized with the addition of. Uh, Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof looking like the uh, player rebound. He had a great season last mm-hmm. year, yeah. but uh, continuing that on. But you know, players just seem to be able to cut through both of these teams. Um, I think that Man United's central midfield is defensively quite suspect as well. Scott McTominay is a footballer who looks like he was given a job because he's quite tall. Um, Front cover of Pez. Yeah, I watch him play for Scotland. He's no good. Um, <laughs> but by that logic, Andy Robertson would be a disaster of a player as well. So that's complete nonsense. But no, I fancy this to be high scoring. I fancy it to be a lot of fun as well. There's always the potential that Arsenal could Arsenal themselves. But you know, our, our Man United may be becoming the new Arsenal at mm. the moment as well. It's kind of really tough to get to get used to the idea as someone who grew up with Man United being the dominant force that Man United are no longer Man United. I think this is going to be loads of fun, Phil. They categorically need to win this Man United. I know we're still very early on in the season, but we're not so early on in the season that you can't already like have to re- revise your expectations for where you finish. They're currently three points behind Arsenal. This is their home game against them. You've got to realistically look at that and say Man United probably, by the time the season's run and dry... Spurs will probably have cemented third, you would imagine, unless somebody else gets in there. Liverpool and Man City are not touchable as far as they're concerned. That fourth spot is the highest they can possibly achieve. Arsenal are already three points ahead of them for that. If they beat them here, they go six points ahead. And realistically, Man United are going to haul back a six-point deficit into fourth? Absolutely not. Not yeah. Certainly not the way they're playing at the minute no. without serious additions in January. Um, it's... It's must win for Man United. It's must not lose for Arsenal. Yeah, two two. I'm going with. Honestly, I think Man United might win it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to look like a tit come Monday, like. But I reckon, I reckon the kids, they've got to, they've absolutely got to. And if those players are actually remotely bothered about about Ollie's job, they need to all work their asses off. Yeah, and we saw with the Chelsea game, like they looked, they've got it in there somewhere to pull out a big performance. And I think maybe this could be it. Maybe uh, it's going to be seven all. Okay, there you go. I take that. Yeah, me too. Um, final question: You mentioned Spurs. There, are they in trouble? <sighs> right. It's one of these things where you look at Spurs right now, and one or two things is going to happen. Either they're going to get it together as the season goes on, finish third, have an all right season, and we'll look back at the start of the season and go, oh, bit of a wobble that. Looked like things were rocking, but obviously just one of these things, it was a slow start. Or it's all going to unravel spectacularly. Pochettino will leave. A lot of their big players will want to go, and you'll be like, that was that. You could see there. You could see it all starting there. A lot of people are saying that, like, Pochettino looks like he's already preparing for his exit strategy. He's realised that he's spent all this time and he's had all this success at Spurs without actually really having anything Mm. to show for it. He's put together a great side. They've had some great seasons, arguably the best Spurs side that has ever been with some of the best players they have ever had. And yet, when they look back at it, there's no there's no trophies to show for it. They didn't really have anything resembling a title challenge. There's obviously that joke about they came third in a two-horse race that year. They got to the Champions League final and didn't win. They yet had, like they, You would have presumed they could have got an FA Cup out of this at the very least, and they haven't done it. 
And the longer this goes on, the more Pochettino's reputation, his ability to go get that big job diminishes. Because at the end of sort of last season, he could have got any job in the world. If Spurs drop out of the top four, if they start struggling to get in the top six, if they just have that one bad season, all of a sudden he's not the man you'd expect Real Madrid to go for. Might he's Andre Villas-Boas, isn't he? That's exactly, that's, that is exactly <laughs> it. And um, you just sort of worry for them a bit because they look all over the place, like from the back. The middle of the field doesn't look too great. Harry Kane's dropping all over the place to get these goals. I don't know. Yeah. But again, the Leicester result, or for part of that game, you could see that Spurs side still mm-hmm. being really good. But again... You know they let that they let that go. I think it was pretty, it was their season in a microcosm that Leicester game. They looked they still looked like Spurs. They took on a really good side and they outplayed them. But then it all started to unravel. This Southampton game is huge for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a monster. Um, you really you're just sitting waiting for the Spurs team to properly click into gear. Uh, obviously they had a fantastic win a couple of weeks ago and then followed that by getting scudded off big bad Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Um, yeah, Pochettino did this thing, the exact same thing last year when Spurs weren't, you know, in the best of form. It was suspiciously at the same time the Man United job was kind of kind of coming <laughs> around the corner, and he was talking about. It. He looked very frustrated again. He looked like he was trying to talk himself out of that job and into the next one. There's um, a lot of talk about Poch as this super loyal guy, and he's he's you know he's a proper professional and all this stuff, and I agree to a certain extent, but. At the same time, sometimes his Spurs ring does feel like something of a ticking time bomb. So he really needs to... I think, you know, a run of good results will turn that around. We saw it last season. By the end of the season, he he was crying and, like, properly back into the right headspace. Southampton this season are absolutely no slouches. Tricky, aren't they? They're deceptive. We thought they were going to be rubbish. Uh, Yeah, I did. I tipped them to go down. I thought they haven't got anywhere near enough the firepower to keep themselves up. And it's not exactly... They haven't exactly been free-scoring Southampton this season. They scored six goals. But they've been organised enough that that hasn't quite mattered yet. Again, I think this (coughs) table is going to change a lot between now and the end of the season. I do think they should be looking below them rather than above them. But they've got absolutely no reason to fear Spurs. You know, they're a point behind them so far this season. Spurs aren't in the best of form. They're playing well. Southampton should have the confidence to get at them a bit. It's a free hit. You know what I mean? Like getting to go to Spurs, a point behind them with nothing really to worry about below it. For, for now, just have a go. Yeah, give it a pass. Um, let's rattle through the rest of the score predictions for this weekend's games. And starting with uh, Spurs uh, against Southampton. What do you reckon? I reckon this is where Spurs find their groove. 3-1. 2-0 Spurs. I was going to say 2-0 Spurs. Uh, running through the rest of the games then. Bournemouth, West Ham. How do you see that going? That is potentially a game of the weekend looking at the league positions. Tough one to call. 2-1 West Ham. I don't know for that one. Uh, I'd like to think West Ham... I want to see some side, as well as Leicester, really have a run this year, really have a run at the top six, potentially even threaten the top four. West <laughs> Ham look the best equipped to do that. Wolves have obviously got Europe. Everton can't really get started. 1-0 West Ham. 2-1 West Ham. Uh, the battle of the Claret and Blue. Aston Villa against Burnley. 0-0. Nil, yeah, 0-0. Nil. Yeah, <laughs> nil, nil. I, I like Villa a lot, for, although, you know, Wesley. I'm going to keep Ashley Barnes in my team, so I'm hoping for 1-0 Burnley there. Uh, Chelsea against Brighton. It's another, like, I've said this about so many games, like, over the past few weeks, but again, this is boatloads of fun. You don't know what you're getting with Chelsea. The king of banter, Kurt Zuma, services to the patter, <laughs> unequal in the league this season. Uh, Chelsea will probably win 3-2 for mental sake. Again, I've been tipping Chelsea to do actually okay this year, and I thought they were really good against Liverpool. Very unlucky not to get something from Liverpool, but there's no good putting in that performance and getting yourself over in defeat, as the expression goes, and then not beating Brighton. So they've got to win here, and they've got to win well, so... 1-1. 1, 1. <laughs> uh, 2-0, I'll go for that one. Uh, Palace against Norwich. Uh, another draw, 2-2 two, two for me. 
Uh, I, I think I've, I've maybe predicted like 400 goals in the league so far, so nil nil. I'll go one all for that one. And finally, the battle at the bottom: Wolves against Watford. One of these teams has got to turn it around, haven't they? Yes, and I think it'll be Wolves. This is a bad. This is a bad game for Watford to be going into after that Man City result. They could have. They desperately needed. Not even a, a game at home where they were necessarily favourites to win, but even this fixture at home, you know, something where they could battle in, something where they could show willing, something where even if the result didn't come, there could be a bit of fight. And I just think Wolves should Wolves had now haven't had Europe this week for a start, so I think they should turn them over. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I'm going to go three nil Wolves on for this one. Uh, Ouchie, wow, wow. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, sixteen nil. There we go. <laughs> that comes off. <laughs> You're a genius. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts on uh, everything we've discussed, in particular the Newcastle takeover, in the comment section below. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football for daily football podcasts as well. Plus, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at What Culture FC. Watch there. Follow all three of us. You can follow Adam Cleary at Adam Cleary C L E R Y. You can follow Andy Murray at Andy H Murray. The H stands for Hulk. Is he still hanging out in China? Oh, I don't, don't know. know. He used to love Hulk and Fred. Think Fred. Think yeah. lives in Glasgow now. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. This has been the Premier League preview. My thanks to Adam Cleary and to Andy Murray. Make sure you check out my interview with Gary Lineker on our What Culture main Ooh, channel as well. Best friends. friends. Uh, my thanks to these two. Thank you for watching, and we will see you soon. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.